This week on Dig Me Out, Tim and Jay Review, Syrup Macrame by Radial Spangle. I actually hated the record the first time I listened to it. Oh, these guys are incompetent musicians. They're doing this on purpose. What it really comes down to is complete songs versus incomplete songs. He's messing with our heads, man. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dig Me Out. I'm your host, Tim Minichi, and joining me once again, my co-host, Mr. Jason Ziak. Jay, we have a listener suggestion, a, a requested review. Requested, requested review. For episode 113 of our third season. Lucky number 13. What's an extra one? And this one comes to us from longtime contributor. Some of you know him as uh, Dirty Gerd on Twitter or David Gorgos on Facebook. And Jay, he has suggested an album to us that I'm going to assume you had never heard prior to us uh, getting this record. It's called Syrup Macrame. It's by a band called Radio Spangle. And yeah, am I am I conf- correct in my assumption you never heard of them? You are a very smart man. Yes. Or, and or you know me very well. Probably both. Probably a little less from column A and a little more from column B. So Radio Spangle was what DG hooked us up with. And um, he gave us some comments. He actually sent us a, a, a note through Twitter, through our, our DM, direct messaging, he said, this was back uh, at the end of December. He said, oh, no, I just got to your 11th Dream Day podcast. All the reservations you have about the pacing are what I love about Radio Spangle. The Radio Spangle CD shows that half the songs are quote-unquote city songs and half are country songs. We're going to get into that. First, <laughs> that sounded ominous. A, yeah, it did sound ominous. We're going to do a very brief history of the band history of the band so radio spangle formed in 1991 in norman oklahoma by alan laird on vocals and guitar april tippins on bass and richard english on drums who had previously to radio spangle been in Jay, you want to take a guess of a of an Oklahoma band that the drummer of this band might have been in prior to Radio Spangle? An Oklahoma band, um, Chainsaw Kittens. Are they no. from Oklahoma? Or, Correct. Where were they but, from? Uh, no, well, yeah, it was uh, Nebraska, Oklahoma, something like that. Oklahoma. One of those states. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Uh, uh, no, the Flaming Lips. No, doy. Um, and then they were sense. also. Friends with Mercury Rev and Dave Fridman engineered both of their records. Their first album, Ice Cream Headache, was released in 1993 on the album Mint Tea. Now, following that particular album, uh, Richard English, the drummer, was replaced by Kelsey Kennedy, and they recorded and released their second album, which we're reviewing, Syrup Macrame, on the legendary Beggar's Banquet uh, indie label. Two years later, the band broke up in 1996, and 
The members have gone on to do other things. Uh, you can find that stuff out on your own. We're not going to get into that. I do want to mention, if you would like to suggest a record, such as our friend Dirty Gert, David Gorgos did, head on over to digmeoutpodcast.com to our request a review page. Read about how you, too, can request a review. Uh, we got some Facebook feedback. Do you want to guess who it was from, Jay? Dirty Gert? Yes. He was the only one to comment. <laughs> he said, a beggar's banquet release, exclamation point. I can't wait what you think of Busy Hole. Busy Hole being the fourth <laughs> track on this record. Yeah. So, Jay. Yeah. Uh, Radio Spangle. Mm-hmm. Syrup Macrame. Uh, mm-hmm. Was uh, was this a syrupy delight, or was this a sticky mess for you? I feel like Be I should nice. you go first on this one. You want me to go first? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's the I thing with this first. record. Yeah, you do. Uh, I actually hated the record the first time I listened to it. Yeah. And then I listened to it a second time with my hatred sort of trying to tamp it down a little bit. Yeah. Because... I, I I get what the band is going for. They're doing for this like ramshackle, you know, lo-fi pavement guided by voices, you know, things could fall apart at any moment kind of sound. And I get what he's saying uh, of the city songs versus the country songs. Although I don't think it really, I think it, what it really comes down to is complete songs versus incomplete songs. Mm. Because I think there actually are some, interesting songs on this record tracks two and three are what i would consider actually good songs but track two special love it it had a weird mid-tempo beat and this kind of weird energy to the song that i kind of dug and then the uh uh track three which i think is caffeine i don't i just like an apostrophe in the middle of the caffeine it's called caffeine just call it caffeine It's sort of a, a slower, starts out a little bit slower, or, or I guess mid-tempo-ish, and then it kicks into a double time, and then it, at some point, um, April Tippett starts to sing, and she sounds a lot like Kim Deal from the Pixies, which to me yeah. is always a good thing, and I liked when that happened, and I liked when she sang on the record, because I think she actually has a really nice voice. It's I, I like hearing it, and 
even on um, the songs where it's not particularly heavy, but she's singing, I can I can sort of tolerate that. Busy Hole. Yeah. Now that's what I'm talking about where it sounded like incomplete <laughs> versus complete songs. There's only drums and vocal. It sounded like they yeah. recorded a song and there was there was a guitar and a bass and then they just pulled it out of the mix and it's very disconcerting. Well, let me tell you what it sounds like to me. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like uh, they spent the whole day recording and drinking and smoking or whatever they were doing. Uh Everybody pretty much left. The singer stayed to do some more vocals, kept drinking, smoking, whatever. Got super late, decided to wander out to the drum kit, start playing, which he's not a drummer, so thus the performance, and singing along with his own playing, and the engineer recorded it. They all thought it was kind of clever and funny, and they put it on the record. That's what it sounds like to me. Like the drumming, the drumming doesn't even sound like the same drummer for the rest of the band. No, you know? not at all. No, it sounds like a completely different drummer. It sounds like if you sat down and started playing drums. Oh dear God, no, <laughs> we don't need that. Nobody wants that. Nobody needs that. Yeah, it's a mess. I mean, and, and unfortunately, that's what a half this record is, is that it's half ideas. It's sort of broken bits and pieces of songs. And in a lot of cases, like on a song like Patio Furniture, which kind of starts out a little annoying with like this banjo that's really loud and I don't really care for it, but then you get to the end and there's this huge chorus of people singing together and it turns into a really interesting song, but it takes a while to get there. And that's what happens on like three or four songs. You're like waiting for something to happen and it does. And you're like, well, maybe we should have just started the song this way. And you would have actually had an interesting song all the way through. So I guess I'm at a loss. I, I, I'm not at a loss because I understand the aesthetic that they're going for. I mean, this is all intentional. Yeah. Nothing Nothing is. Nothing was done by accident in terms of, oh, uh, we, we accidentally dropped the, the guitar and bass out of the record. You know, that, that just doesn't happen. The, it's very clear that, you know, they knew what they were doing in terms of what this should sound like. And the fact that the guy was in the Flaming Lips um, beforehand, 
really clues you in because if you listen to those 80s Flaming Lips albums, they're not far off from a lot of this in terms of it just sounding like the band is going to fall apart. And it sounds like they're playing on a $50 Dan Electro that they bought you know, from Sears and uh, a piece together drum kit that with a bass player that's only got two strings or something and they're just kind of recording it on a boom box. Um, I get that. I, I, I think the, I guess uh, I would, uh, I don't think it necessarily sounds lo-fi to me, like in terms of like the production quality. I think there's a weirdness, um, to how they perform on some of the instruments and some of the effects they use that make some of the sounds songs sound lo-fi e so like i think a marble and a couple of the others like the drummer is maybe special love a little bit like uh it's almost like they're purposely not playing they're holding they're, together yeah they're not playing together and they're trying to create this sense of like fragileness like you know it's not the music's not quite together and even there's a timidness to some uh some of the drum stuff where it's like not quite sure what film i'm gonna play not quite sure what drum part i'm gonna play so i'm gonna kind of play soft for now to figure it out and then after i figure it out i'll play louder when we actually record it but we you know what we're capturing and listening to is that sort of primitive uh life you know the the primitive aspect of the the song when it's coming together and you're sort of tentative about what you're playing and you're not all quite locked up but you're trying to figure everything out there's a lot of moments on the record where it sounds like that but then there's other moments where it sounds completely together you know like and then you know like oh these guys are incompetent musicians they're doing this on purpose um they're capable of playing together and sounding very full um, you know, like a song like Caffeine. I, I think the song's where it ends up sounding more like the Pixies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where it sounds more together. Um, it's less, um, you know, tonally, everything's pretty much fine. You know, the guitar tones can kind of get grading and stuff. But for the most part, you know, all the pieces and parts are there. They're trading the vocals between the female and the male vocal, which I think we both agree is is way more interesting than just the guy singing. Um, there's, oh, you know, yeah. I, at least two or three songs on there where they that all comes together. Knees is another one, track six, where for the most part they're all together.
they're playing loud and deliberate and that actually helps his vocal too because to me it's like if you have a voice kind of this you know the quivering you know uh, like flaming lip style vocal that you're going to do where you're kind of singing in a high like fake high voice kind of falsetto-y kind of thing and it's warbling that sounds good when you have like a huge fuzzy guitar that you can barely hear the vocal over so say like dinosaur jr mm-hmm. <laughs> where you know it actually sounds cool because the the vocals got it's getting swallowed by this wall of of sound and it's kind of struggling to get over top so that sort of warbleness actually i don't know makes sense so in the songs like knees and even caffeine where, where the band gets louder um it the, the vocal is fine it's the ones that you're talking about like patio furniture where it's just that vocal and sort of a, a poorly played and sounding banjo for for a good portion of the beginning yeah. I mean, that song like until it honestly that song to me sounds like um a really messed up kermit the frog <laughs> like on the banjo <laughs> on acid you know what I mean? Like, and then by the end, like the whole, all the Muppets have joined in <laughs> and they're, you know, they're spending the weekend, like tripping on acid out in the West Virginia mountains or something. And this is the song that they wrote. It's not snowing everywhere. It's warm in some places, but it's snowing like the Dickens But you're right. But by the end of it, it's not. It's it actually makes sense. It's just unfortunately, the first minute and thirty seconds, you're like, who? It just doesn't sound good. And I think one of the things that I find fr- frustrating is that I I can hear in bits and pieces there is talent here. Like if you go to like New Dress, when the song gets loud and they actually get to what what I would call a guitar lead, it actually shows off that he can play. He's, he's throwing oh, in some yeah. licks there, and he can. He's got some chops on the guitar. I don't need him to be Steve Vai. I just need him to, you know, show me your J Masses and show me what you can do in terms of putting some stuff down. And and I, I get frustrated because now I'm seven songs in, and I'm like, well, why couldn't have you done that on Busy Hall? Why? Where was there was an opportunity to do some crazy stuff on there? Yeah. And to me, this is a sound like a, a lot of missed opportunities of ooh I like I heard this as like a producer and I was like oh if they could have just done like this here I would have totally bought into that but it's just 
they wanted to do this ramshackle it sounds to me like a jalopy like a car driving down the road that's got like duct tape holding together the bumper and you know you the, one of the windows the is spidered out and yeah it's just it just sounds like a car driving down the road that i don't know how it's still running but it's still but you it's there and it's that, you know that's the album cover right i, I guess i forgot that's yeah the, the album, album cover. cover is an, an old beat-up truck like made of different parts and like the paint's coming off and the door's busted and the truck's red well, and the door is green and that perfectly captures the sound of this record. That is the yeah. visual representation of what this record sounds like. Because there's there are so many bands that I heard in this band. Like uh, David mentioned, Eleventh Day Dream. He's right. the The male female vocal is definitely an element that they share. But Eleventh Day Dream were able to write some melodies and play some cool guitar riffs and make it sound good we just had an issue with the pacing of the record. They also reminded me at times of like some of like the slow core bands from the, from the nineties, like Codeine and Bedhead, those kind of bands when they were playing like slow songs. But again, when I listen to those bands, I hear a real competent, you know, ability in the music that I, that I feel like they're intentionally shrouding here, which just is, it's not like I'm, like saying, oh, these guys suck. It's just, I'm just frustrated because I'm like, clearly you can do this better. And yet you're choosing to to make it sound like it's falling apart. And if, well, that's just a, that's just an aesthetic choice that I wouldn't make. Well, I think there's a there seems to be a concept over overall for this record of what they're going for. I think we both agree that this is a conscious decision to do the things they're doing. That like I think you said it earlier, there's nothing on this record that's sort of accidental or because of limited abilities. It seems to be no. there is a conscious decision to follow a concept around this notion of you know things kind of falling apart and being fragile and then them coming together. Um, I would say that sometimes that concept gets in the way of actually making sounds that i want to hear the yeah. music that i want to hear um you know special love is a good example like i think the songs that uh another characteristic of the songs or the parts of songs that i like is when you know the bass and the, and the drums are really laying down just a good melody and they're locked up and they're solid and they're kind of just carrying the song and then over top they'll add an interesting guitar part whether it be on marble he's doing a lot of tremolo stuff so it kind of sounds like you know it's more it's coming in and out of the pitch of the song which you know aspects of that are cool other aspects of it are like kind of annoying after a while you know it's something that i know modest mouse does quite a bit um but when you get the special love you know it kind of has this really you know, almost you know kind of this mid-tempo but still driving kind of feel to it and it sets up really nice, but then he plays this guitar part over the whole verse. It kind of sounds like a robot playing guitar. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like totally like emotionless and without any inflection. It's just, you know, uh, weird atonal notes <laughs> pattern. And, and the vocal melody is not bad, but unfortunately through the whole verse, there's this super annoying guitar part going on that I just kind of want to reach out <laughs> and, and mute with my hands because 
they get to the chorus and he goes to this just kind of cool you know back and forth kind of picking thing with an effect and it really it all comes together and actually works pretty well i just wish that they didn't make the decision to put that guitar part in there because it kind of kills the whole the whole verse i mean it's repetitive and annoying so it's i can't <laughs> i can't listen to the song and not hear that and sort of be annoyed and uh like there's a bee buzzing in my ear or something um so you know that happens quite a bit you know uh sometimes it's with the instrumentation or the, the playing or choice of parts sometimes it's even with the songwriting so a song like knees i think i like i think there's a cool texture going on it almost sounds like uh reminded me a little bit of like pretty mighty muddy in terms of there's these guitar parts that you can't quite tell if it's like there's a violin mixed in or two guitar yeah. parts that are kind of playing off each other but then they get to i guess what is the chorus and it's kind of just this long build they sort of just go into this like muted build thing for a while, like 45 seconds or something. And then they just go right back to the verse. You're like, what the hell was that? Like, what, 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 what do we do that for? Like there was no like hook or chorus or anything. So there's just, you know, the verses are cool, but there's nothing between them. That's very interesting. So I'm not quite sure where that's going. Um, you know, cross your legs is a kind of a pretty song, you know, with the female vocal on it. I, I think it has some uh, like finger pick guitar in it. That's kind of nice in the chorus, and you know, again, like ca- like caffeine that also has the female vocal in it. Right away, my ears perk up. You know, right. I'm sort of instantly way more interested than I was before. It just just sonically sounds better. She's a better singer. Um, the songs that she's singing on sound fuller and more thought out, and I just seem to connect with them more what's your opinion of the last song uh sunflower graveyard because i actually felt like they did a fairly good job with the music on that song which is primarily an instrumental i think there's like some some voices or something going on in that song but it's not a full vocal but it kind of had almost like a uh i don't want to say shoegaze that's the wrong word but it reminded me of some like early 90s british bands mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's very dreamy one, and reverb yeah, it's, out dream, and, it's got a dream pop sound like I, she yeah. is wrong but like a dream pop sound right. to it because um, it's pretty clean it's pretty clean it doesn't have like yeah. the distortion that shoegaze has and they but they might be using some like chorus or some effect on there too
Yeah, and it's short. It's like one mm-hmm. of the shorter songs on the record, and there's actually a like a musical hook that happens. Um, uh, you know, about a, pretty much halfway through the song that makes you think, boy, the uh, the female vocal was on this, and you know, would probably want to be one of the better songs on the record. But um, it's just an instrumental, and it shows. You know, it sounds full. Sounds good it doesn't sound like you mentioned lo-fi i mean that's not a song that i would consider sounding lo-fi but in that and that follows the the weird banjo song yeah <laughs> you know what i mean so you you go from the the, the patio furniture song you know it's it sounds like i mean it's it sounds like kind of genre music right like hillbilly mountain music or something and then you go to this dream pop kind of reverbed out uh, there's definitely some odd odd sequencing and an odd mix of uh, styles here, I guess. So here's the big question. Were the album better EP decent? (laughs) Um, Think of this, not just for you, but if you were to pick songs for someone else. Yeah. 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 I I think if you're in, you know, I mean, look, this is a, I don't know what what would you call this genre. There's like uh, we've we've reviewed a couple other bands like this where they're sort of in that flaming lips, modest mouse kind of like quirky pop, indie kind of thing, pavement e kind of sound. Jalopy um, rock. I call it jalopy yeah. rock. <laughs> There's probably a better term. There's probably a term for it, but uh, we'll go with that for now. Um, yeah, if you're into that kind of thing, you know this is probably something you should listen to. I mean, it's, it's definitely, it, there's, you can tell they're intelligent, right? I mean, you can tell that there's a lot of thought put into this. And, um, it's like you said, it's not an accident. If you like, you know, a challenge in terms of, you know, music that's a little bit disruptive, it's not noisy necessarily, or I shouldn't say noisy. It's not like loud no. really, but you know, it's gonna, they're going to do some things where, yeah, they're gonna put some notes together that kind of make your eyes cross a little bit, and <laughs> you know. But uh, you know, if you're into that kind of thing, I, I I actually appreciate that sometimes. You know, so I, I struggle with aspects of this record conceptually. I, I see where they're going, and I appreciate it. So even I think it's like uh, cross your maybe cross your legs. One of the quieter songs. You know, it's 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 kind of bass driven, and it has the uh, I think it has the female vocal of it over it, and the guitar part. It's interesting because it's playing around with chords or kind of picking out notes that when they hit the bass, like the root note, all of a sudden it takes on a different characteristic. So I think when the guitar comes in, it sounds pretty expected, but then you hit some notes in there where you're like, whoa, this totally changed the character of this whole song. Like all of a sudden it, you know, it's starting to get weird. And I I kind of like that, that idea. I just don't always like the way that it's executed, I guess. So long story short, I think if you're into sort of the bands we talked about and it's a little bit of a challenge when it comes to that, uh, that kind of stuff, then it's, it's probably worth the album to check out. Um, personally, you know, I would probably be at a single for myself. Uh, you know, like the song Caffeine, I could see, you know, putting that on every now and then. I, I could find an EP in this album. Uh, I think... Five tunes would make a worthy EP. I think you start out with Special Love and Caffeine and then Cross Your Legs, Knees, and then end with Sunflower Graveyard. 
I think that's a solid EP for a band like this. I might stitch together like part of this song and part of this song and maybe come up with a sixth one, but not there's not another whole one um, yeah. that I would definitely be into. This reminds me of um, back in the 90s, uh, I've got a Tragically Hip album, and there's a lyric, I think it's Trouble at the Hen House, and there's a song called Put It Off, and he sings a, a lyric where he says, uh, I played Love's tar- Tierra, or Love's Terra, well, played, I played Love's Terra by Eric's Trip. And I was like, well, who's Eric's Trip? And back then, this is like 96, 97, I didn't have a lot to go on. So I basically went to the record store and found an Eric's Trip album with that song. And it was very similar to this band. Kind of, you know, a lot of sparseness combined mm-hmm. with elements of you know, raving up with some noise here and there. But from what I recall, and you can go to Spotify and I think there's some of their stuff is available. I felt like it worked because I felt like they were serving the song a little bit more. And I think ultimately what lets me down is I don't necessarily, I feel like they're serving production and not the songs all the time. Whereas if they were serving the song, they wouldn't put, they wouldn't have put busy hole on the record. Let's just put it that way. Because that's... You're not serving the song. Well, the song, serving. the song is upset. The song is crying out to be re-recorded. And <laughs> we're not recorded at all. Yeah. And I, I think there's a number of instances like that on the record. So that's why I'm at an EP. Yeah. And I also found it, I think, to your point, interesting. Like on a song like Caffeine, um, even that song, which is pretty much, you know, sort of in the vein of, say, the Pixies... They still, and, and it's mostly the female vocal. Like the guy, I think he does like a vocal, but then affects it so that it's like throughout most of the the melodic parts, it's like bouncing around in the mix, and it's kind of like there annoying you. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's kind of like maybe this was like one of her songs, but he still had to get in there. You're like, dude, just get out of the song. Like, what are you doing? Like, why is that in there? Like, it doesn't. It's not helping the song. It's not supporting the melody. It's not. It's not doing anything but annoying me. It's just like this weird bouncing vocal, like pitched up vocal thing bouncing around your head. And it, yeah, I think to your point about it doesn't serve the song. Like maybe there's some conceptual reason why that's in there, or like, he just thought it'd be cool. I don't know, but come on, like what are you doing? <laughs> here's my uh, here's here's my challenge. Um. This is not the last album that our pale Dirty Gert is going to uh, lay upon us. He's actually requested a second album for us to review, which he uh, pointed out starts out with a 13-minute free jazz song. <laughs> He's messing with our heads, man. So here's my challenge. I challenge you, David Gorgos, yeah. to come on the show and discuss that record with us. So that you can give us some insight on what you... I haven't listened to the record yet. All I know is you told me that there's a 13-minute jazz free jazz song. Which all makes me think of Spinal Tap and them doing free jazz when <laughs> after um, after uh, Nigel leaves the band. So, come on the show. Talk to us when we record that episode. Tell us about, you know, what... You, it's Space Needle is the band, I believe. And uh, that's going to be coming up down the road. You, if you're interested in requesting a, an album, head on over to Request Review page. You can see what what has already been picked, and you'll see that that's on the docket. 
for review down the road. And uh, yeah, because I, I need to get the insight of a person who is who's who's picking these these albums for us. I, you know, not even not even because we're befuddled in some in some respects, but like if there are records that we're totally in love with, I'd still like to hear why people picked them. Why they picked that one. I mean, there's millions of albums to choose. Why'd you pick this particular one? But because this is so outside of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. I would I'd be interested to hear the thoughts of somebody who who has this in their comfort zone. Right. What they find um what what they find appealing about it that I might be missing. Because I am open to having my mind changed. And my my consciousness uh, expanded without the use of hallucinogenics, simply by <laughs> listening to music. Yeah, I think that might be the the missing part for us on this. At the very least, he he uh, he needs to leave some good um, feedback on the uh, the preview because that'll. Or send us a nice uh, long email. Tune in to what to what we uh, to, to tune our ears properly. Yeah. So, that is it. For us and our review of Radio Spangle and their album Syrup Macrame. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving us some positive feedback over at iTunes. For Jay, I am Tim. That's another episode in the books, folks. Come on back next week for another episode of Dig Me Out. Join the conversation about this episode at digmeoutpodcast.com, where you can find links to our Facebook page and Twitter feed, as well as links to our request a review and merchandise pages. Your silly heart.